Uh, for you I'm putting up a fight And it's crazy how I'm thinking about you all the time Tell my name or you show me that you really mine Stevie wonder about how yeah they say that love is blind But I see it all and I don't see no flaws She walk dressed like a fashion show I just applaud Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment A podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show As well as fans of music in general And a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists Entertainers want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out nhte.net and be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. Besides that website, you can also find the show on iTunes, which is Apple Podcasts, as well as on Spotify and lots of other podcast platforms. There are links to Now Hear This Entertainment on at least a half dozen podcast apps at nhte.net. In addition to what's listed there, the show can also be found on the likes of Overcast, Himalaya, Podcoin, Player FM, and more. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Virginia, my guest is a singer-songwriter who appeared on the 2007 season of American Idol and finished in the top five, which resulted in him participating in the American Idols tour. In 2010, he was signed to Cash Money Records, whose current artist roster includes the likes of Drake and Nicki Minaj, among others. You've been hearing a song by my guest entitled Joy and Pain. It's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Chris Richardson. Hey, Bruce. Thanks for having me on the show today. Yeah, Chris, it's nice to meet you. Thanks for making time for this. Hey, no problem. We always start off the show each week by having the guest talk about the song that was playing during the intro, especially since I was busy talking over it and the listeners couldn't isolate on the lyrics. So tell everyone all about the song Joy and Pain. Oh, man. Uh, Joy and Pain was a song I wrote down in Miami uh, a few years back, and uh, it really is a song basically about taking the good with the bad in life. Kind of, that's what the whole Joy and Pain kind of, revolves around whenever we're talking about it throughout the storyline and i just think um you know everything happens for a reason you know whether it's good bad go through a relationship or breakup or anything and i think this song is more addressing um the fact that you can move on it's going to be okay there's a joy and pain you know and there's a pain and joy sometimes so i think it was just one of those things where i was speaking to the the listener who it's going to be okay if things don't work out you know, it's meant to happen that way. Move on. So I think that's kind of the process that we went when we were writing that song. We really wanted to give some insight into kind of letting things go and letting things be how they are. And tell the listeners who is featured on that song and how the two of you got paired up. Um, we have Tyga on the song, actually. I was actually on his first single that he released called Far Away as well, and he returned the favor and was on my first single, um, which is Joy and Pain. And he ended up, uh, after the first time that we worked, and I, I did a hook for one of his songs, um, he had hit me up a couple, I would say a couple months after that, and he's like, man, I heard the, the new song that you put together, man, I'd love to get on it. And, um, I mean, those are the type of organic situations within the within the music songwriting that you want to happen. You don't want them to be forced. You don't want to have to call around and try to get interconnected with somebody. You want someone to kind of genuinely like a record and you know for him to call me up and say hey man i really like this record love to jump on it 
you know, those, like I said, are the organic type of creations that I like to be involved with. So that's even how the feature came about in general. We weren't even supposed to have a feature on the song. And hmm. uh, it just was his pro involvement and in reaching out. It was like, I mean, why not? That would be a great, you know, great energy to the record. So that's how that came about. But you said that it started with you having done something for him first. So how did you even get the opportunity to do something with him in the first place? Um, glad you asked that. Actually, whenever I signed the cash money a couple years back, I ended up s signing as a songwriter. And um, ah. then after that, I signed as an artist. But uh, we were kind of just going through the ropes of me songwriting through the camps and all people through through cash money and anybody that wasn't associated. And he happened to come down to Miami one time with his manager, kind of whenever he was um, really getting his push and his song was doing really good out there. And uh, he had a song that he needed a hook on and it was called Far Away. And it was just an opportunity that I couldn't pass up. We didn't really know each other too much, but they knew of me and I knew of them. And we knew that if we just kind of it, same thing as the joy and pain. It was kind of an organic kind of creation. My manager just happened to be friends with his manager. And, you know, we created a song and it happened to do really well. I like it. I like it. So you're based in Virginia, but you've mentioned Miami a couple of times. So connect the dots for us. The whole Miami, Virginia connection sort of came about because of the cash money label being located in Miami. Because mm. um, I was going back and forth to L.A. and to Nashville doing songwriting, songwriting camps and wow. even up to New York. Wow. Um, yeah. So it was uh, that's kind of how that whole connection of me going back and forth between Virginia and Miami even create uh, started. Okay. As it relates to your appearance on American Idol, it was strange for me to write 2007 as I was putting together the intro. Does it seem like that long ago to you, Chris? And I guess for that matter, as long as you were on the show, meaning making it all the way to the top five, did it seem to go by fast or were you actually able to kind of take it all in and enjoy it as it was going on? That's crazy to mention 2007. I go through the yeah. same feeling. I'm like, wow, that was a long time ago. But yeah, it did go by fast. I would say when you're having fun during that experience, it goes by really fast. Um, but from the time frame of me being off the show, you know, to now has been, it's, uh, it feels like it's, it's flown by as well. So I just think time mm. flies in general whenever you're just having a great time and enjoying yeah. your, your life and journey. Yeah, for sure. Well, in the more than five years and 280 episodes of my show, of Now Hear This Entertainment, I have had lots of guests who have been on American Idol, The Voice, America's Got Talent, The X Factor. But of course, everyone's journey, everyone's story is different with whichever reality show they were on. So we can all take something away from what each participant went through, no matter when it was, so, Chris, talk about your experience on American Idol before and after. Before American Idol, I was working at a Hooters, working my way up in management, trying to figure out, you know, how I can scrap up some dollars to make studio sessions um, mm. and pay for, you know, anything that I could music-wise. And I ended up getting into the VA music scene. <clears throat> and uh, I grew such a deep love for music um, from an early age, but... Around 18, I would say 18, 19, I met up with Teddy Riley um, here in Virginia Beach, and he kind of took me under his wing. And that kind of gave me that spark of interest to be like, wow, you know, this is a this is a legendary producer. 
this is a legendary influence in the music business. You know, I have to capitalize on this opportunity. I have to learn learn from him. I have to, you know, anything that I could. And we ended up uh, making music, and uh, we didn't really part ways. We just we still stay in touch. But he ended up moving to California, and I linked up with Timberland's camp. So I've kind of been infused a lot with the VA in the water, the people from here, producers-wise. And um, as I was working with Timberland, um, I think a year year into working with Timberland, I remember he had asked me, he was about to put out his Shock Value album. It was his first album. And he said, hey, Chris, you know, would you be interested in being on this album? And, you know, I'm, you know, I'm just small old me from Virginia. Like, <laughs> I don't have a deal or anything yet. And I'm sitting here going, wow, you know, one of my favorite producers in the world is asking me to be a part of this album. Mm. And, at the sa- and at the same time, I was trying out for Idol. Okay. So I tried out, so I tried out for Idol kind of in that same time frame where Timberland was trying to sign me with his publishing, his label. Mm-hmm. And um, I tried out three times to make it on Idol. Wow. The first two times I tried, I didn't make it. Um, I went to Greensboro, and I went to New England. Okay. And um, <clears throat> I didn't make it, but I was so bound and determined that three, like the third time's a charm that I could do it. I ended up going up to New York and giving it one more crack at the whip, and I ended up making it through all the you know, the processes of the judges and all that stuff. And I, you know, miraculously made it onto the show. Let me jump in though, because you just said one more crack at the whip. So was your mindset going into it that if I don't make it, I'm done? I don't know, man, because I'm, I've never been the type of person that quits. So, it, I mean, for me to continue to do it after them telling me no, obviously I had some type of drive, yeah. but I really had it in my sense that I was like, you know what? Third time's a charm. I'm going to knock this one out of the park. Nice. Um, nice. And it just, it fell into place. You know, it, it just, it happened, you know, through destiny, I'm sure, you know, because this, I'm the, it was so hard going through those cattle calls of who they would keep and who they wouldn't keep because the amount of people that showed up to those tryouts was 10,000, mm. you know, and you're sitting there going, man, that's a lot of voices around you know, like and how? my, my, my odds are like a scratch off right now, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I felt, you know, and it was kind of discouraging after the second time, not making it, mm-hmm. but it, it was, I kind of knew the process. So I was comfortable with it and I wasn't going into it with that many nerves or that much anxiety for the third time. And I just felt like I was comfortable and more myself. Um, and that's how it kind of evolved. And I ended up making it onto idle while working, you know, hands-on in Timberland's camp. So I had to go back to Virginia and tell Timberland, Hey man, I had this opportunity. I got selected to be on this show. You know, I kind of asked him his opinion uh-huh. and, uh, it, the show really wasn't his favorite thing at the time. So he didn't really have too much insight on it. And my, my insight was, Hey, you know, I could either sit on the shelf and, ma- and possibly make Timberland's album, my favorite producer, or I have this launching platform, which is American mm. Idol, that could put me in front of, you know, a fan base that could create longevity uh, for my career, possibly. Wow. So I was kind of caught between a rock and a hard place, and I just ended up choosing Idol because I was kind of going with my gut, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, and that type of opportunity is kind of hard to be like, uh, you know, I made it through all these rounds. I'm just going to say no. Yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. And that, that was kind of the evolution of how I even got on Idol. It wasn't even pitched to any of the people that I was working on at the time. It just was something that I instinctively wanted to do because I would watch it. And I was like, man, I could do that. Wow, that'd be a really great 
you know, platform for me to, to get on as a solo artist. And, you know, I gave it a shot and it ended up working out. Well, now, that being said, let's back up and have a wider look at all things Chris Richardson music. This show has gotten listeners from 147 countries around the world, so many folks are actually just being introduced to you for the first time. Go ahead and talk about your journey in the music business. Man, my journey has just been it's been a roller coaster in this music business. I think that I would call myself a seasoned vet by now. You know, I've been doing it for about 15 years, um, 35 now. I'm really infused in just to everything hands-on with music. I love the creating process. But the journey kind of started whenever I was younger, and I just was dancing around and singing around and and learning how to pick up instruments and play. And I just I just grew a natural love to it. And the journey kind of took me, um, like I said before, I met a bunch of VA producers and I worked in that type of circle and then I made it onto Idol. And then after Idol was done, we went on a, uh, I think it was a 60 city tour with mm, the top 10 wow. American Idols. Wow. And that, that lasted all summer after the show was over. So I would say that if the show didn't really fly by too fast because we still had that tour after it was done. So, you know, it was kind of a, you know, it felt like you put in a good year, you know, into the show. So, um, and after the show was done, I was out searching, how could I be a part of a publishing company? What could I be a part of, you know, just based off of who might know me from the show? Could I land a gig on in acting or anything? I mean, I obviously was infused in music, but I was just trying to take every opportunity that I could Uh to help me to get back to there. Um, and I ended up coming back to Virginia, which is the irony of it. And I met my manager here because he happened to live in a similar area that I lived in. Wow. And he was up visiting his parents and he's like, Hey Chris, I just wanted to, you know, meet up with you while I was in town. And we linked up and I showed him some music and he was the one that ultimately took me down to Miami and introduced me to cash money because he was the A&R at that label at at the time. Okay. Well, the tour, I think you said the tour (laughs) was 60 cities and you said the summer that had to be night after night after night if it was really 60 cities just in the summer when i think summer i think like two months yeah i think it was it was stretched out like three months i believe but it was it i mean there would be every two weeks we would get like a two day two days off like just for a fun day in the big city that they had scheduled wow um but most of the time we would do do a show and then at midnight we'd pack up and we'd drive throughout the night to get to the next city Mm. and do the next show. So there were times where the travel was so far in between that we would have to travel for a day. So we would have a day off. Gotcha. Um, But it, it, I mean, it pretty much was every single night on the go, same show. And it it was really cool because just idle in general to me was a quick one-on-one to the music business and Mm. even the touring. I mean, you got to imagine going from zero to a hundred miles an hour, like instantly. And when we were on the tour, you have sold out arenas all across the country that only superstars could do, Mm. you know, and we're, like I said, we're hometown people that are trying to make it in the business. So it was a big euphoria for me. Yeah, It was a big perspective change when I'd get out there and we'd have a solo act or I'd go out and sing my solo song to the crowd. You know, it just would be a, I would just envision that was my crowd. And that's kind of that love for music even sparked even more through Idol, being able to be a part of that process. Well, and there's a picture out there of you performing to a sold out Staples Center. And so 
you know, it kind of gives you goosebumps thinking about it. You can you can imagine, like you said, zero to a hundred. You know, here's a guy from Virginia Beach. Next thing you know, fast forward not not that much time, and you're on stage at a place like the Staples Center. That that had to be the the pinnacle. That you know, I think I've arrived here. Yeah, it really is because I feel like that every every person trying to make it in the music business is trying to get to those certain points, and they just basically Idol kind of gave you a big old taste of it. Yeah, and you know, and it was really, really cool. But at the same time, you know, once it was done, you know, you had this complete, complete, utter high from, you know, this experience. And then once it was done, you're back on your own ground feet to make, mm. you know, your own moves and do it again. And I think that's where the um, difficulty of um, intertwining yourself in the music business is is happens you know because you're sitting there trying to figure out how to do it on your own or luckily you have good people around you that can direct you but you know the show did provide a lot of opportunities but it didn't it didn't provide um the direction that i thought that it was going to it was going to give me so i had to find that direction myself well chris thinking about those people who are up and coming in the music business who listen to this show to learn from my guests, I want to always be sensitive to them. You mentioned Teddy Riley before, and then you also mentioned Timbaland. And I wonder, how exactly did you get connected with them? Because I think those are kind of some of those missing pieces that you're talking about, that you know, there's these things that happen in the music business that people say, well, how can I get that to happen to me? And American Idol is one thing, but even getting to meet people like those two that you mentioned. So how specifically did you get to link up with each of those guys? Well, Teddy Riley was, I came back from college. I remember I came back from my freshman year in college because I was really into playing football. I mean, I wanted to go play pro. I mean, that oh, was wow. my mindset. I'd love to have played pro. Wow. But I came back for a summer break and I did a talent show. It was called Virginia uh, Virginia Idol, okay. which, is, which is ironic too. It was called Virginia Idol. And I ended up winning first runner up in Virginia Idol and he was one of the judges. Ah, and okay. Yeah, and it's crazy because this happened all back whenever I was 17. So another guy was in the show as well. That was Jay Farrow. Jay Farrow is a comedian, impersonator, was on SNL. Happened to We ended up growing a close friendship just from that competition, and hmm. we now, 15-something years later, are working on a project together. So it's kind of cool how all those things that? work out. Jay yeah. Farrow is very successful at what he does, and we happen to be in a little small town you know, talent Amazing. competition. Amazing. Um, but anyway, sorry, I ran off with that. But Teddy Riley, he basically picked me up from that show. He goes, hey, kid, I like you, man. You mind coming to the studio okay. tomorrow? Okay. And, and I ended up showing up at the studio the next day. Wow. And then Timberland, how did you get hooked up with him? I linked up with Timberland to a producer named Hannon Lane. Um Real, real good producer out of Virginia. He ended up taking me over to Timberland's studio one night, okay. and he introduced me. And I had an acoustic guitar, and Timberland and Justin Timberlake was there, wow. and his road manager was there. This is a, a all this happened in the same night. I show up with the acoustic guitar with my friend, who's really close to Timberland. He, you know, we go in. Timberland makes me sing him a song on my acoustic. He loves it. He lets me be a part of that vibe from that moment on mm. and Justin Timberlake happened to be there recording his future sex love sounds album, um, at the same time in Virginia. And I thought it was in Virginia beach. Yeah. He, he, he recorded really closely with Timberland and he was recording really closely with Pharrell. 
Mm. And that's kind of the people, the innovators of his album. So I just happened to be at the right place at the right time with, you know, some grand icons in the business. And I think that those situations, meeting those people, you have to put yourself in those situations. Every single time I'm, I try to tell even younger artists that are coming in to work because I'm so involved with the creating process of making music and creating artists as well. Um, you know, you really have to pro involve yourself within the things that are going on, whether that's going to the, you know, the meetings or the uh, events that go on that a bunch of producers are at, or, um, my dad always used to tell me, um, it's not about being in the right place at the right time. It's putting yourself in the right mm. place at the right time. Wow. And I think I like that's it. a very key thing to remember in the music business because, you know, not only is it out of sight, out of mind, no one's going to know what you're doing or know who you are, but if you're not intermingling and, and trying to create connections, then, you know, your distance in the music business is going to be limited Yep. because, yep. you know, it really is all about connections and how people can help each other. And I think what people lack in the music business now is the team camaraderie and teams just work. There's no mega corporation in the world that doesn't work from a team's perspective. That's right. And, uh, so I just think that even meeting those and I've, and I've worked with, you know, a lot of great producers and songwriters from Ryan Tedder to Sam Hollander. Um, and you know, I, those connections were the same way. I put myself in those places. I knew where they were going to be. I knew what studios they were going to be at. Um, awesome. I knew. Yeah. So I think that if I can give any advice to the artist or the listener, it's really, you know, figure out how you can get your stuff in front of people by connecting with them, whether it's through their social networks or through, you know, their manager um, or through their promoter or through, you know, there's different ways that you can at least touch, you know, find a way to touch your connection for sure. in the business. For sure. Well, speaking of the music business listeners, if you are in the music business in the sense that you do any type of recording at all, I do hope that by now you've looked at all the recording solutions available from Tascam. I had someone in here recently who was looking over my whole recording setup, and right away he knew to ask, and this is all from Tascam? And I smiled and said, yep. Next month <laughs> I will be in Nashville, and I know that probably any studio that I'll step into there will have some Tascam stuff. And those of you recording at home, or even those of you who are recording your live shows, you can utilize their gear as well. Start with their website, Tascam.com, and check out all that there is available, and then locate a dealer to acquire what you need to step up your recording game. Again, look them up online at TASCAM.com. Chris, you were just talking about your journey in the music business, but what about now? What about recent music endeavors? Recent music endeavors, um, I'm really hands-on in the creating process. Like I said, uh, you know, I, I love being an artist and, and making my project and I have my, you know, my side project I'm working on. I also have a band that I've created that I'm working on. But I think at this very moment in time, since I've had two little girls, um, I've got a chance to really pro involve myself in the songwriting and creating process of building new artists and, um, writing for other artists that are in the business, which I've always had a love for. I, I have a love for performing and I have a love, you know, for being an artist, but, I just love being able to connect with other artists as well and create music. And I think that, you know, where I'm at right now, I have my publishing company. I have, um, 
kind of my label set up where I have a couple singer songwriters signed under me. They're doing, you know, they're writing music and we're pitching it to other artists and, you know, we're, we're doing it grassroots way, but at the same time, it's just, it's a love I have. But is there new Chris Richardson music on the way? Oh yes. New Chris Richardson music on the way. I have some music releasing, um, probably midsummer. And then we're going to start dropping some more throughout the fall. Awesome. And uh, it's just going to be a small, it's going to be a small five song project. I really just want to give it, you know, to my fans and the people that, you know, have been craving to hear something new from me um, for a while now and give them kind of that taste of what is going on and then kind of give them some insight on the other things that I'm working on. Awesome. Um, me and a real close friend of mine, Jay Farrow, I had mentioned him before, uh, really funny comedian impersonator. He also is a, you know, he's multi-talented. He does music as well. So I've been helping him create uh, his EP uh, music out slash album for years now okay. in the studio. And me and him have a real close camaraderie. And me and him have a song coming out, um, I believe it's July 4th awesome. that he's going to release it. Awesome. It's called Classical. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is, on last week's show, you heard Grace Pettis talk about friendships that last years after having been started at a festival. Get closer to making those opportunities a reality by creating for yourself a spreadsheet listing all the songwriters' festivals you might target, where and when they're taking place, what the event website is, and who the contact person is, along with their contact information, and then one more miscellaneous column for any notes you want to add. This will give you a tangible resource that you can work from instead of just pouting or dreaming. And then start making your calls and or sending your emails. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. That's really great to know, isn't it? Very helpful, right? Bruce gives out a tip just like that on every episode of this show. And there's an easy way to get all those that he gave out over the first 160 episodes. The ebook series called Bruce's Bonus Book contains four volumes and they're all available for purchase and immediate download at www.brucesbonusbook.com. Order yours now for helpful tips that you can apply to your career right away. In just a little bit, I'll be telling the listeners where they can find you online, but when they do, they're going to notice something right away. You just mentioned it very briefly. You are a very involved father of two little girls and are really close to your family. So what about that, the, the balance of having kids while making music? I think the, uh, the balance of having, I mean, not having kids and having kids is definitely a big shift <laughs> in, in balance when it comes to your time and where you delegate it to. And, and I just, you know, I've, I've put so many years and, and, and hours throughout the 20s, in my 20s, all up into my 30s into music. Like I literally, I can't tell you, maybe a month off within that, whole 10 year span I was doing music um now it gives now that I have my daughters I just love soaking in their time but I also infuse you know my oldest one now she's three and you know I take her to the studio um so the balance is still there but it's also a um a love to teach her and let her grow in music as well because I see her um 
you know, being infused in the music board or going over to the guitar and all these things. So the balance has been crazy because of, you know, obviously having to give more time and you can't go to the studio as often or this or that. But now that, you know, like I said, my oldest one's a little bit bigger. I take her over there all the time and, you know, the balance is just fine. It just is. I love the time I have with my family. So sometimes, you know, I'll take bigger breaks than I did before. <laughs> but you mentioned that you're putting a band together. Is that with the intent of going out to perform or to record? Oh, yeah, of course. Well, I've had a um, my backing band that's always done any of the shows that I've done um, throughout the years. I basically just said, hey, you know, you guys are my homies are my friends you know y'all are talented musicians you know let me just let's just create a little band and a little project and let's you know um we kind of kept it under key secret from obviously you know the fans and stuff like that because i want it to be kind of a surprise as to what the sound or anything is that we're creating with it but you know i just think that it was something that was fun for me because solo artistry is really fun but getting up on a stage and and singing for a track or singing for a band I would choose a band. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, for sure. You know, and I think that the energy that you bring to a show with a band, and for me, it brings an energy to me that I had to create something. So we ended up started creating a project. And, you know, I still have my solo project on the side, too. Where we, you know, we have um, just just a whole array of different genres put into this this little project that I'm putting together because I've always called myself genreless but everybody's you know asking what genre do you think you are you know and and I'm, i've always been like well, i guess pop r&b you know anything that had influenced me over the years just like i guess this but really i couldn't pinpoint exactly what genre because i remember teddy riley told me years ago he was like you have to you are your own genre you have to create your own genre mm, i, I like mean it. he created new jack swing back in the day he created that genre that was his genre nobody else does it and me I just think that I'm just completely me when I make my music. So I think that whenever I'm giving my fans my music, they should know that it's just an honest me. They're getting, you know, truthful stories and, you know, I'm a storyteller. And, you know, there's definitely a passion within the music. <laughs> but at the same time, getting back to the question about the band, we're all hearing you so far in this interview how passionate you are about music, yet I have to believe that having your daughters, you becoming a father, has probably reinvigorated you to the point where you want them to see dad perform, and so you want to have this band that you can get up on stage and perform and your girls can see you with. Man, you hit it right on the spot, Bruce. I'm telling you, man. It's nothing more heartwarming. I don't know. I just think that this is the season of my life, man. I was, you know, I was born to be a dad. You know, I, I definitely, I feel like I was born to be a musician, but... um just seeing their faces light up when I'm on stage, you know, my, my oldest daughter, see my youngest daughter, she's three months now, so she can't say a word, but my oldest daughter has <laughs> everything to say now. And she's always asking, daddy, you back, you going to get back on the stage? Daddy, you going to do this? And I mean, if that isn't some inspiration alone, I don't know what it is. How, you know? How. Yeah. You can't say no to that. I can't, man. It's it. I don't know. There's too much love there, man. I just love, <laughs> you know, my family and my kids and having to get a chance to experience it finally in life is something I've always dreamed. And I think that if I can just, you know, make sure that I delegate the time and, and teach them the music or anything that they want to, that, that the balance will be just fine, even how hard the music business gets sometimes. Yeah. And how it's easy for people coming up in the music business to get 
starry-eyed when they hear about getting signed. I had mentioned back in the intro that you were signed to Cash Money Records, but you mentioned this a little bit before, but just talk additionally, if you would, about this publishing company of yours that you have. Well, uh, I started a publishing company back whenever I signed with Cash Money. Ah, okay. And me and, yeah, and I'm, me, I'm not with Cash Money anymore. I'm, a, I'm an independent solo artist. So we basically, um, I've kept my same publishing company. It's called Stateline Music. And I also have just a whole creation um, of artists and um, writers and producers, and it's called Stateline Creations. So there's two. I have a, I have my publishing company, which I assigned a couple writers and producers under, and I basically have taken all the knowledge that I've learned over the years and kind of tried to make it into a movement where I can start, you know, getting people heard, using and utilizing the connections that I have that maybe I haven't utilized, and I can allow, you know, other artists or producers or singer-songwriters to utilize, you know, so they can have progress in their music business. I think sometimes it's good to randomly run across the, um, a mentor within the business that is willing to say, Hey man, you know, I really love your craft. I really love, you know, the stuff that you're making. We should try to get it to somebody. Let's see if we can do this. Or I'm always an idea planter. We could get it onto a television show. We could make a jingle from it. And I think it's just trying to put that into new artists and new singer songwriters heads that, you know, the, there's limitations obviously in the music business, but there's so many things that you can do and try to get you to the next step and to help you to invest in yourself and because it's not a cheap road. You know, it's like, it's, it's almost like you're, you're, you're an entrepreneur. You know, any artist out there just doing it is you have to invest in yourself. You have to pay for your studio time. You have to, you know, do those things. And, and I just feel like that if I can direct singer songwriters in a direction and help them, then, you know, I'm, I'm doing my part. I like that you're saying that. I like that you're bringing up the entrepreneur analogy because I know, and and please feel free to share them, I know that you have some thoughts on creating a brand, which listeners, you know, I'm always telling you that if you're a performer, you are a business, you are a brand. So Chris, just share your thoughts on creating a brand. Uh, I just think that it's such a key tool within music or entertainment in general, brands. And like you said, just creating a brand so people can relate to um, has been a very important, you know, factor to me when it's come to whether it's been my music or whether it's been the clothing line that me and my best friend have been creating for years. Um, I think that my biggest thing is how am I going to relate to people? How am I going to introduce this brand to the world? And whether that's just the brand of Chris Richardson, but it's the state line brand. It's my publishing company. Mm. It's my, label it's my clothing line it's all in the one it's all state line so i think that trying to find a way to roll all these interests and likes and things that i love within music within fashion within who i am as an artist what i wear what you know what i do that's my brand and i think that me creating the state line publishing and the state line creative which kind of like it invites artists of all different kinds. It's not just music. You know, the state line creative that I created was to have artists from all likes, whether it was actors, whether it was singers, whether it was songwriters, uh, painters, okay. anybody. Okay. 
you know, it's just a place that you can call home that you really can exchange ideas and possibly exchange connections. I like it. You know, which is, like I said, the biggest thing. I like it. I'm joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Virginia by singer-songwriter Chris Richardson. His website is currently down for maintenance, so that means you have all the more reason to go to his social media, and then you can also see when he posts about the site being back up with new media and new music. On Twitter and Instagram, he is I am Chris Rich, and then his YouTube channel is CMR My Music. Plus, there's also a Vivo Chris Richardson YouTube channel. We are up to episode 281 of Now Hear This Entertainment. Regardless of how long you've been listening to this show, I do hope you'll consider supporting it via Patreon. If you find value in what I'm delivering to you every week, whether that's educational value from me and my guests and or entertainment value, I would be grateful for whatever you can afford. And that's the beauty of Patreon. It's not like a 30-day crowdfunding campaign. It's ongoing, and you can contribute whatever amount you choose and are comfortable with. And you would be helping me out greatly with the costs I have to take on to put out a new episode of this show every week. Go to the show website, nhte.net, and you'll see the orange support us on Patreon button there that you can use to go over to the campaign. Chris, we have started to hear more and more guests on this show refer to not only writing songs for themselves, and you, in fact, do songwrite for others. Yes, yes, I do. It's a, a passion of mine. You know, I love uh, the creating process is a passion of mine. I love getting in in with the artists. I love um, picking their brains, seeing where they're at. You know, I think a lot of people try to dictate where artists go, what they should and shouldn't sound like. Um, I think that's a, a topic of conversation that always is always comes up within the music business is an artist goes in and works with a producer or a songwriter and they want them to do it their way and um you know you 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 learn as you go through those situations because you you'll walk away from a session and it won't be something that you like Mm. so you'll know the next time that you want to work with people that will listen to you in your direction and that's a big thing um in music as an artist is to not kind of sacrifice the integrity of you your brand your sound you know, if if you have to kind of bend and budge a little bit because a singer songwriter, you know, likes something this way and you kind of like it, well, be able to bend and bend a little bit. But if it's something you just don't feel and you're not happy about it, then it's not the music that you want to be putting out. And and that being said, that's the type of thing that turned me into um, a really passionate songwriter as well, because there would be people that would want me to do something a certain way and this and that. And that was more in my younger years of doing it. And I just was like, you know what? These are some really, really great songs that came out of this. They weren't for me. I didn't feel them passionately. Like it would be for me, but they could be for somebody, Gotcha. you know, and someone would love them. Gotcha. And it kind of, and it gave me that interest to kind of search around to be like, Hey, who's writing for um, this person's album? Uh Who needs songs for their album or, you know, and just being blessed with having a couple A and R's and connections within the business, they would let me know, "Hey, uh, Bieber, Justin Bieber is writing his album right now, and and Selena, this person is doing this album right now." And they just kind of would give you the insight, okay. and um, 
that passion, that passion kind of, that fire started growing. I was like, man, that would be really great. Like Mm -hmm. to land a record with somebody else that really loved it. For sure. Well, since you did mention the publishing company, the label, the different endeavors that you have going on, talk also about finding talent, maybe what you look for or what turns you off, where physically are you looking online? Are you going to see people in person, email, YouTube, what resources are you using? And then, like I said, what do you look for? Uh, a lot of times musicians, artists, producers, anybody, they'll reach out online. So they'll, they'll shoot something over to whether it's my Instagram or Twitter, they'll DM me or they'll send my, my book and email, you know, a song or something like that. So it's more, I would say it's more internet connected, Mm -hmm. but also, um, there's, you know, just a handful of people that I kind of have believed in that were in my hometown area that I've kind of infused in the things that I'm doing. So I think that they just kind of organically came into play, you know, as I came back to Virginia and um, they, I didn't have to search too far for them. I just already believed in what they were doing. And I just was like, just give me more, just keep giving me more of what you got, whatever you're doing. Just <laughs> let, let's see where we can get this music and how we can get it moving. And this is at the same time I'm working on my own project. So I'm loving this whole multitasking, like, okay, I'm working yeah, on my project, but yeah. I'm loving being able to utilize my connections and get, you know, songs here and there. Outstanding. So, Outstanding. I mean, it's definitely, definitely has been a cool process, Bruce, i tell you that. That's for sure. No doubt. It sounds like it. A couple hours after Chris and I finish this interview, listeners, I've got someone coming here and we're going to play for a bit, meaning I'm going to bust out my Boulder Creek guitar and we'll be playing some music. <laughs> I get excited when I pick up the guitar every time. And that's probably in part because not only does the guitar look great, but I just love how it sounds. You've heard lots of guests on this show talk about the great experiences they've had with Boulder Creek guitars. Plus, I'm always telling you a lot of the big names in music who are playing instruments from Boulder Creek. Those of you who are really serious should consider having a guitar custom built for you. I'm happy to connect you with the CEO, Jeff Stramitz who you heard back on episode 241 of this show, just email me at podcast at nhte.net, and I will introduce you to Jeff so you can start that conversation. I also encourage you to check out bouldercreekguitars.com, and remember that first word is spelled B-O-U-L-D-E-R. Chris, one final question before we get to the closing song. I think it would be good to head towards wrapping up this conversation by having you talk about you're inspiring others, whether that's through music, words, mentorship, whatever. Yeah, that's a, I'm, uh, that's been one thing. Mentors, mentorship, um, kind of being infused in new artists, being infused in um, just watching someone else be passionate about something has, has made me grow a love to speaking, um, encouraging. I've been so hands-on with the, like I said, the music creating process that over the past five years, new artists or anybody that's came through that um, I've got a chance to work with or to create music with or anything, I've also got a chance to sit down and talk to them. And, you know, sometimes people aren't always in um, the brightest places in their lives. Some people are in the, the trenches, in the darkest trenches, and you wouldn't even know it because they put such a good filter on and I just got a passion to help people change their perspective, to help them see things from the brighter side. Um, and I just think that that's just something, a passion of mine that's 
that I love doing. If I can, if I can get somebody out of a rut, if I can get somebody to see things differently, if I can get someone to kind of believe in themselves more than what other people believe in them, you know, cause it's really you believing in yourself. Um, cause I've just had really, really close experiences of people that have been through, whether it's been depression, whether it's had really dark thoughts. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that go through, that go through this, you know, and they're afraid to speak up about it. Mm. And I just think that me as a, just something that weighs on my heart is I was all, I've always been there for my friends and family through those tough, dark times and try to get them out of it. And same thing when it comes to the music, it's just, it's helped me to, I guess, open up more to people and give them a better perspective. And the artists that'll come through there sometimes will walk away, you know, with just a better point of view instead of, you know, walking around so negative all the time yeah. or only looking at the bad things or, or, you know, what can't lift them. I just try to encourage them, keep them lifted. Beautiful. doesn't matter whether it's a family friend, someone I don't know. Um, it's just, it's something that just happens naturally. And, and like I said, man, whether, it, whether it's mentorship, whatever people want to call it, you know, I don't, not, I wouldn't say I'm some mentor. I'm like a big brother. You know, I feel like I've always been go. like that to the friends around me or, Beautiful. or anything. And yeah, I just think that when, when there's other, other things involved in life and you start having kids and you start, you know, realizing that, man, this, this life is special. You know, we really, we get one shot at it and we really just got to kind of enjoy the journey. Amen. And uh, Amen. that's what I try to relate to people because I've been in some sad, dark places myself. I mean, I've been, you know, where you don't want to be and you just really have to believe in yourself, talk to what it is that you're close to spiritually, I'm close to God, whatever it is, and reach out to people because that's the, the hardest thing for anybody going through anything to do is just to reach out. For sure. For so sure. If, anybody needs, if anybody needs some words or anything, reach out to me, you know, reach out to my my booking emails on my Twitter and on my Instagram, DM me if you're going through something, you know, I'll try my best to give some words of advice. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, we're going to close today with a song called Rear View. Before we let you go, Chris, tell the listeners all about this song, please. Rear View, complete opposite from Joy and Pain. This is more <laughs> of an ode to the past. This is a, a song that was kind of, it was written more on the outing of a relationship. Uh, so it was kind of not, it, it, it didn't shed the biggest positive light on the perspective person that I was talking about, but it was more or less kind of, um, telling the world that, you know, what's in the past is in the past. You know, you can't change that. Um, you have to kind of live in the now and you got to, especially the, the people or, or anybody that was in, in your past that was a toxin to you or that just didn't bring out the best in you. You just got to let it go and just say, you know what? That was the learning experience. It's in the rear view. It happened. I'm moving forward now in search of something that basically is good for me. And how good stuff. Chris, thanks so much. God bless you. It's great to meet you, and I really appreciate your time. Hey, you too, man. I appreciate talking with you, Bruce. Absolutely. Listeners, that will do it for another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer-songwriter Chris Richardson. Do please engage with him on social media. Follow him on Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe to his YouTube channel and then watch and like the videos on there. Plus also look for the Vivo Chris Richardson YouTube channel. For that matter, tell him you heard him and his music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Keep up with Chris on social media so you can look for posts 
not only when his website comes back up with new media, but you heard about new music he's hoping for potentially this summer. And of course, as you heard his invitation, if you're looking to possibly connect with him either just personally slash spiritually, some counseling, or if you think that you might be a fit for his label, his publishing company, do contact Chris through his social media. In the meantime, do also hit the website for this show, nhte.net, and specifically the orange Support Us on Patreon button. I don't talk very much at all about them, but there are expenses that come with putting out a new episode of this show every week for more than five years. And if you have felt that you have gotten enjoyment from me doing this for you, if you feel you've learned something, if you just really like the companionship, the conversations, please contribute what you can. Take a look at the Patreon for NHTE. Just go to nhte.net and click on the orange support us on Patreon button. In the meantime, thank you ever so much for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Chris Richardson. This is the one he just talked about. It's called Rear View. Me and you can reminisce But they ain't gonna change you Baby, no, leave it in the past Oh, we gotta move forward, gotta move forward, gotta move forward Yeah, I'd be in line if I told you we were gonna stop talking right now Oh, yeah, right now, right now. Oh, no. I remember them times, remember them times They felt so good, but I got it in crime Gotta go somewhere new I just wanna stay high I was on my pay Wanna stack the money high Now worry about you Now worry about you What's in the review? Don't mean a damn thing to me Cause it can't change nothing Gotta do you do you. Focus on the time that you have Got your future on the line So you better keep climbing Climbing higher, higher. Cause I'm gonna keep climbing Climbing higher That's my desire Now worry about you You see in love with the money And I'm in love with the time the money and waste of my time. I waste my worry about you. You see, love with the money. Keep going.